When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Daniel Medvedev wins his first major title and spoils Novak Djokovic's bid for immortality. History of a different kind made in New York. Daniil Medvedev wins his first major title, ending the Grand Slam hopes of Novak Djokovic. Medvedev becoming the third Russian man to win a major singles title and second at the U.S. Open two years ago. He played the villain in Gotham. This year, Medvedev was the dark knight defeating the Joker. With that, we welcome you to this special men's championship edition of TC Live at the U.S. Open. Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer, Lindsey Davenport, coach to the stars, Paul Anacone, and in New York City at Arthur Ashe Stadium, our reporter on site, John Wertheim. We had history on the line. Novak Djokovic going for the first Grand Slam in more than 30 years. But, Paul, you called it all tournament long. Daniil Medvedev, what was your reaction to today's final? Hey, Lindsay and I were just talking about it. It's like so exciting for Medvedev, really happy. But it's sad, right, because we saw someone do something that we haven't seen in the men's game since 1969. He was this close. So... Although it was an amazing effort from Medvedev, you're a little heartbroken, but Medvedev has been amazing. He, Lindsay, he lost one set this tournament. <laughs> it's just, a, it's been an amazing run. And it really today, and just watching the match, and especially those first couple sets and a half, it was like Novak was struggling to win points. Never seen Novak mm. like that. And he just looked, he was absolutely exhausted. And I didn't know if it was physical or if it was more mental. But you could see something was weighing on him. He wasn't playing his normal free tennis. And credit Medvedev. I mean, Paul was on it from the beginning. This guy is going to win at this tournament. He played sensational throughout. Um, congratulations to him. But Paul's right. I mean, I feel like, gosh, we were like going to see something <laughs> we might not see again in, in our lifetime. And um, he was so close. Yeah, 52 years last time on the men's side. Someone has won the Grand Slam. Rod Laver was in, a, in attendance there. John, you were there as well. What was the atmosphere like inside Arthur Ashe Stadium? I, I was really struck how different it felt from yesterday, which was sort of a, a giddy tennis celebration. And uh, these crazy teenagers, this was really sort of – it was a little tense. I mean, even before the match, people realized we're on the verge of history. We're seeing this once-in-a-generation comet. There was disappointment. The crowd got a little unruly. Um, it, it was a strange environment. I think everybody was sort of trying to balance Medvedev playing impeccable tennis, sort of out Djokovic and Djokovic, Djokovic with length, someone told me, uh, in the stands. And at the same time, that was sort of tempered by this real disappointment that this wasn't the Djokovic we were used to seeing, whether it was... 17-plus hours on the court coming in, whether it was just the weight of the occasion, which no one knew how he would respond. He didn't know how he would respond. And everybody, I think, for an hour and a half or so was really uneasy. How much of this is about the Russian guy stepping up and how much of it is just pity? But Novak doesn't have it on this, the 28th major of his campaign this year. 
Yeah, 28th match to get that Grand Slam accomplished. Remember, it all started in Australia when Djokovic beat Daniil Medvedev in the final. The rematch today. Here's how it happened in the first set. Novak Djokovic, the quest for history. Daniil Medvedev looking for his first major title. And Paul, right out the gate, it was the Russian getting an early break. Yeah, he was down 40-15 returning. Novak let that slip away. Medvedev almost went up three love. And John hit the nail on the head. It was a struggle for him to stay in the rallies at the beginning. Medvedev was serving great. And, Lindsay, were you surprised at how comfortable Medvedev seemed on the big stage? Yeah, there's no question. His previous Grand Slam finals, he lost both of them, but he was ready to play this one. Novak Djokovic came in. He had played five more sets. He was broken six more times. He had spent more than five and a half hours more on court than Daniil Medvedev. And the Russian takes that first set 6-4. Uh, John, what did you make of that first set? Well, I, I think Paul's right that the fact that this was not just a break, but an early break set the tempo. Sort of the air went out, out of the stadium when the very first service game of the match, Djokovic was broken. But I think there was a lot of, all right, well, we got a match. Uh, Djokovic, we, we've been here before. We've seen this movie. This would have been the ninth time in these 28 major matches that Djokovic had dropped the first set. And it was sort of a sense of, well, I guess he's got to go longer than straight sets if he wants to get history. And uh, pretty soon that, that obviously changed. Yeah, it was interesting because Novak had done that the whole tournament. It looked like Medvedev, though, had a different look in his eye from the beginning. I felt like he was kind of ready to step up at a major. But I've got to admit, I was one of the many that were shocked that right out of the gates, he seemed so comfortable in this moment to serve that big consistently against Novak at the beginning and not waver at all. Even when he served for the first set, he didn't waver at all. To me, that was a sign that uh, Medvedev was really comfortable and believed he could get across the finish line. Yeah, we're so used to seeing Novak put pressure on servers. Great returns, making impossible gets, and putting pressure on almost every single return game. And that just wasn't there. And even from the beginning, it was Medvedev who was in almost all of Novak's service games, really flipping the switch on Novak. Just not used to seeing that. We kept thinking, okay, second set, it's going to be different. Novak's going to find his inner self and turn this match around, but Medvedev had other ideas. Yes, and, and like you said, Paul, uh, we thought, okay, this is Novak's got him right where he wants him. Four other times in the U.S. Open, drops the first set, moves on. But in the second set, Djokovic, an opportunity to break. And what happened here, music was playing on the loudspeakers. It was called a let. It was a second serve on that breakpoint opportunity. Djokovic would get frustrated. He would get another second serve, but could not come up with the break here, Paul. No, this was rough, and you could see the frustration starting to mount, and I started to shake a little bit when I saw that wind up with the memories, and then there it goes. That's the frustration coming out. That's a frustration from today and the emotional duress that he has been going through for so long. I can only imagine what it's been like. It's a great blessing to win that much, but boy, Lindsay, it must have been an amazing weight on his shoulder as well. Yeah, and so few people have gone through. I mean, we saw Serena in 2015 have to try and carry that weight on her shoulders, wasn't able to do it. And you felt the same here where you played someone, Medvedev, who was playing so free, and Novak clearly burdened by it. And every set in the beginning, Medvedev able to get that early lead and then hold it to the very end. So now Daniil Medvedev takes a two sets to love lead. But Novak Djokovic, he's great in this situation. He has come back 
From down two sets to love six times before at majors, John. He did it twice to get the title at Roland Garros. Musetti in the final against Tsitsipas. We lost, John. We've got Paul. Paul, <laughs> at this point... John looked funny. Boy, his looks changed a lot. That was weird. He turned into that little Skype man. So, would Djokovic turn into a guy who could come back from two sets to love one more time? Well, I think the thing that was different today, and if I was Medvedev, I said this on the air, I would be happy because... Djokovic started serving and volleying. He started playing the way he doesn't want to play. And when Djokovic starts to come in and press the issue and feel like he can't stay in a rally, something is wrong. Because Novak Djokovic is the best in the business when he does that. But clearly he was uncomfortable. And Medvedev just seemed calm, seemed like he was able to just stay with the plan at hand and make Novak try to adjust. So it was really amazing. You know, we saw Novak get very frustrated when he had the break point. The music came on. And then when he wasn't able to break, we saw the anger. Were you surprised we never saw the roar? We never saw him looking to his box and try and draw on that energy today? I was. John, what was it like there? Did it, see, did it seem like that was going to happen? Did you think Novak was going to rear back and show the fans that he was into it? Yeah, it was funny because I think there was a lot of thought, well, he'll need to take a bathroom break. He'll need to do something to get this crowd involved to change the rhythms of this match. We saw it at the very end of the match, but until then, it really seemed like sort of, sort of a neutered Djokovic. It, it was very strange. We saw the racket smashed in the second set. Well, he got broken after that. This was his t- last 10 finals he's played. This was the 10th one. He had lost one, and that was to Nadal. So I think it says a lot about Djokovic. He's down two sets to love against the number two player in the world. And there was still this sense of, well, time's running out. He's got to get things done. I don't think anybody said, okay, it's going to be 4-4-4. Go home, everyone. Yeah, you mentioned that loss to Nadal at Roland Garros. That's the last time Novak Djokovic has lost in straight sets at a major. The last time he had lost in straight sets at a hardcourt major, you got to go back to 2018, the Australian Open, to Young Chung. So could that happen here? Daniil Medvedev once again coming right out the gates with a break ball. Boy, amazing. No let-up at all. And that's where you think Novak is going to have a breakthrough at the beginning of the set. But Medvedev was the one that was coming up with the shots early on. And look at the wheels here. I mean, he moves so well for six foot six. Uh, John uh, said earlier that he is uh, a Djokovic with length, and he is. And there's Novak missing a volley to go down double break. And Lindsay, that to me, I thought was the end, but boy, was I in for a surprise. Yeah, Novak able to get one of the breaks. He only broke one time in this match, and that's when Medvedev served for this match up a double break. Then gets a hold, and then we saw the emotions come flowing out. This crowd cheering for Novak. Novak starts to thank them. He's laughing and smiling in the beginning, and that quickly turned to tears. Not sure I've ever quite seen something like this in a Grand Slam final. It, it just seemed like the whole year, a couple years worth of the crowd maybe not being for him, all came pouring out on that last changeover. And this was it. Daniil Medvedev, the dead fish FIFA goal celebration. L2 plus left is what he calls it. First major title Beautiful embrace at the net between Djokovic and Medvedev. The Grand Slam will have to wait. Medvedev is your winner in New York, but let's hear from the runner-up. I was thinking uh, in both scenarios, kind of visualizing myself standing here in front of you guys and what would I say. And uh, I would like to say that... Tonight, even though I have not won the match, 
my heart is filled with joy and I'm the happiest man alive because you guys made me feel very special on the court. I mean, first of all, I want to say sorry uh, for you fans and Novak because, I mean, we, we all know what he was going for today. And I just want to say that, I mean, anyway, what, as, as you said, what you accomplished uh, this year and throughout your career, um, I never said this to anybody, but I'll say it right now, for me, you are the greatest uh, tennis player in the history. Medvedev wins, calls Joker the GOAT, and Novak Djokovic, I mean, those remarks, happiest man alive, filled with joy with the way the fans were able to cheer him on. But in the end, Lindsay, it came down to a couple of different stats. Yeah, the second serve points one was absolutely huge for Medvedev. He was going for bigger serves, and it was paying off. Novak again broke one time, and that's when Medvedev was already up two sets to love and two breaks. Returns in play, Novak at about 59%. Medvedev, 75% of his returns he was putting back in the court. And so Novak always feeling pressure in his service games. He really was. Straight sets for Daniil Medvedev. The pressure of a Grand Slam proving greater, John, than any single opponent as Novak Djokovic stays on 20 major titles, cannot get the Grand Slam. Rod Laver still the last man to do it. Steffi Graf, the Golden Slam in 1988 on the women's side. Uh, in terms of history, uh, what does this mean? Well, onward we go. Rod Laver is sort of like the, the 1972 Dolphins, where, uh, you know, he, he's still the record holder. I mean, I think it's an interesting conversation we could have about the different pressures. You watch the footage of Steffi Groff winning, and it's not that big a deal to her. We talk about that today with the attention, with social media. I mean, I think it's an interesting inter-era comparison. But, you know, here we go. It's, it's 31 years since anyone pulled it off. It's been more than 50 since a male pulled it off, that was Rod Laver. And I think, you know, Novak Djokovic, I think to his great credit, said, look, I don't know if I'm ever going to get a chance to do this again. I mean, he was very upfront about, I recognize that I am on the threshold of real once-in-a-generation history. You know, we, we start up another season. Uh, we'll have another major in a few months in Australia. But uh, this was this was thwarted uh, at the one-yard line. I mean, this was, this was 27-28, but uh, you, you needed three more sets. He needed three more sets. Uh, it should be noted that, by the way, Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal have never even won the first two majors in a season. Djokovic coming so very close to getting the Grand Slam. But, Paul, we end 2021 with the big three still tied 20-20 in terms of the all-time major singles titles list. Yeah, it's kind of fitting, isn't it, to see those three tied. Look, Novak for the last decade has won a lot more than Rafa and Roger. He's been the best of the three. He's the youngest of the three. But for me, Lindsay, this makes Australia real interesting, doesn't it? It does. And we certainly hope both Roger and Rafa able to play in Australia, both going undergoing medical procedures. So we'll see if they'll be ready. But you know Novak will. He's so comfortable in Australia, loves playing there. Obviously at an advantage being a little bit younger and being so successful right now. We think those numbers will turn. But I think uh, we've all been treated to, I mean, 60 grand slams <laughs> between the three of them. How is that even possible? It's incredible. Yeah. Novak Djokovic, 34 years old. He was one when Steffi Graf was the last <laughs> to get a grand slam. Hopefully in our lifetime, we will see it another time. Still to come here on TC Live, we will talk more about Novak Djokovic just three sets away from a grand slam. However, 
Two others completed something even better, a Golden Slam today. We'll tell you all about that. And, of course, the best of the best from the U.S. Open. Daniil Medvedev was able to get it done. (laughs) The kids will know what he's talking about. He said the legends will get this one. Wow. A shocker. TC Live at the U.S. Open rolls on after this. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. There they are. Daniil Medvedev, your champion at the U.S. Open this year. A reminder, tennis.com. More than just a website, it is your home for the entire sport. Get breaking news, real-time match scores, player profiles, plus much more on this match. And Steve Tigner writing how 150th-ranked Emma Raducanu won an all-Cinderella U.S. Open final. And following TC Live tonight is the Tennis Channel premiere of the men's final with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone on the call. Much more on this match after a quick break. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. 82 players have faced Novak Djokovic as a world number one more than once. Daniil Medvedev, the only one with a winning record. And this, the biggest of the four. As he joins these two. Hall of Famers, Yevgeny Kafelnikov and Marat Safin as Russian men to win major singles titles. First one since 2005 and first one at the U.S. Open in 21 years, John. So there are now three. By the way, there are some others that are close to getting it done as well. But Daniil Medvedev, the first of the next generation of Russians to win a major singles title on the men's side. I do not think he might uh, equal Kafelnikov's feet and win at the French Open anytime soon, but I do think he's going to add to that one. And this actually, this had echoes of Marit Safin. I mean, Safin was less of a little, it was a lesser known quantity. He hadn't been to a major final before, but this had the same sort of sense when Marat Safin beat Pete Sampras here of just a higher ranked player, just sort of getting the match taken to him. And uh, I, again, I just think the story here, we're really trying to balance this. And this was a historic day, potentially historic day, but. I think this was much more about Daniil Medvedev winning this match, stepping up to the occasion, the serving well, there's this crucible of pressure than it was sort of the sluggish performance from Djokovic. But our third Russian, I, I do not think he will be done adding to that list of majors, guys. Yeah, there's no question that next generation is coming. I mean, Zverev showed here and all summer how close he is to winning a major. We saw a team win last year at the U.S. Open, and okay, Novak had gotten disqualified. The other 
two, Roger and Rafa didn't play. But the level that this next group is showing is so incredibly high. You get the sense of, yes, Medvedev is definitely going to add to his tally. But so are some of the other players. And that's going to make it very interesting the next couple of years as Novak tries to get 21, 22, and maybe higher. Yeah, Medvedev's been winning a ton of Masters 1000s. He's been winning the ATP Finals. I mean, this is a guy that was on the verge. We've also got Andre Rublev. We've also got Karin Hatchinoff. The, the Russians have been coming and finally getting over the top in his third major final. For Novak Djokovic, one step away from history. He had won the Australian Open. He had won Roland Garros. Coming back from two sets down to take out Stefano Tsitsipas. Winning the, the biggest match, perhaps, in the semifinals. Beating Rafa Nadal, the toughest test in our sport. Two best three out of five at, at Roland Garros. And then, of course, Berrettini at Wimbledon. But today, dropped a little bit short. And, and part of that was because of the drop shots. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When you see a great player change their tactics, to me it's always a little bit surprising. Novak had to change a couple of different times, and he was trying to find ways to make Medvedev uncomfortable. Medvedev's back somewhere. I think he's in Newark Airport returning that serve, so Novak's trying to throw some drop shots in to make him come north-south to try to get him off the baseline and inside up around that net area. And Novak is the one that used the drop shot and also coming forward. Coming forward became more prominent, Lindsay, but it did it surprise you that he was a little bit out of his comfort zone. He wasn't willing just to stay back and hit. It, it was, I've never seen Novak play a match like that where he wasn't comfortable controlling the baseline. And we saw a lot of different ideas from Novak. Nothing really seemed to stick. Uh, he's never... In, in, on a hard court, mm. not been able to really break serve. Yes, he broke the very last chance <laughs> at right. the very end. But even in those rallies, he could never get ahead in them. Medvedev was moving great. He was out hitting him. I've just never seen Novak like that on a hard court. I, I think some of it, too, was the court speed. This court speed is faster than Australia. Australia was around, on, on our measurements, was around 37. This was up 42, 43. So the ball's going faster. So he had a hard time chasing down Medvedev's flat ground stroke. So I think he felt like because of the big serve and the big ground strokes, I'm either bringing him forward or I'm going to try to come forward. And like I said, if you're Medvedev and you're seeing that, you're kind of going, wow, that's good for me. He doesn't want to play his own game. Fascinating that he is the one, Lindsay, that was able to control from the baseline. Yep. John, would you say that Novak Djokovic got out djokovic in this match. By, by a taller opponent who served better and also moved so well. I mean, Paul, you called it. I mean, Medvedev does something to Djokovic's patterns, and whether it's the ability to go equal backhand to backhand or whether it's starting the points so deep in the court but then moving in, Djokovic wasn't able to impose his usual patterns. And I think 47 times to the net, I think, is a bit of a misleading stat because sometimes those were acts of desperation. Sometimes those were acts when he was drawn in. It just seemed that Djokovic was out of sorts and that Medvedev poses riddles that no other player poses. Compound that with the pressure of the moment, and that's how we end up with 4-4-4. Four, four, and four. Daniil Medvedev, 20-4 and four at the U.S. Open. I mean, he loves playing here, had been to a final before, and now gets to raise that trophy. Much more still to come here on TC Live, talking about the Russian raising his first major trophy and ending the Grand Slam dreams of Novak Djokovic. Overall, it's getting tighter at the top of the GOAT list. 
Novak Djokovic comes back from the brink to win his second Roland Garros. Novak was there to stand tall and get one step closer to his rivals. Novak Djokovic has turned the greatest race in tennis into a three-way tie. And the uh, last 10 years has been uh, an incredible journey um, that is not stopping here. And then today, Novak Djokovic overcome with emotion. Feeling pressure none of us will ever truly understand. Going for the Grand Slam, something we haven't seen overall since 2015. And Serena Williams, Djokovic, a speed bump in the end. Daniil Medvedev that he could not overcome. Lindsay, Steve, Paul, John, back with you, TC Live at the U.S. Open. But a remarkable year overall for Novak Djokovic. Remember, this started at the Australian Open, hadn't won a major in a year, and was able to get it done and make history of his own, his ninth Australian Open title. And the quest began with a win over the guy that he faced today. Let's go through the three majors on our way to the U.S. Open, beginning in Melbourne, a place that Djokovic calls home, taking on Daniil Medvedev. And this one we expected to be a battle. Wasn't even close, John. Yeah, the, the pregame chatter was a lot like what we had here, that Medvedev poses questions that no one else poses to Djokovic, and that he had a nice head-to-head -head record against him, and Medvedev probably playing the better tennis of the two. Djokovic, as you say, Steve, he was going for his ninth Australian Open title. He won a close first set and then really sort of ran this home. Djokovic's credit, he may have played his best match of the tournament, saved it for last, but... He had all the answers for Medvedev in this final, and it was a bit of a disappointment. I think a lot of people sort of said, well, in these circumstances, Medvedev playing so well for six matches, but he can't bring more than this. Boy, who's ever going to touch Djokovic? So I think that's a bit of context heading into this match today, that the last time they played a best-of-five match, last time they played a major final, Novak had all the answers. And uh, you, you see him, that's, that's six foot seven. That's a heck of a way to end a major event. Nice match point and took this title, which would have been his ninth in Melbourne, and that got the year started. Thorough, comprehensive win in the final that day in Melbourne. Yeah, Djokovic lost more sets en route to that final, five, than he had conceded in any of his previous 27 runs to a major championship match. Remember, he lost six on the way to the U.S. Open final, and after beating Medvedev, said everyone talks about the new generation coming. Realistically, that still isn't happening. Well, it would not happen at Roland Garros either because in Paris, after defeating Rafa Nadal in the semifinals, Lindsay, Djokovic had to come from two sets down for the second time over the two weeks against Stefano Tsitsipas. And that semifinal battle over Nadal, so physical, we wonder, did it take its toll on Novak for the final? And Tsitsipas up two sets to love, but Novak able to find another gear in the final, started to... Mix up his shots more, and all of a sudden, we were going five. Novak played one of his best sets in that fourth set. And just remarkable how in the fifth he was able to get a break early. And just the energy that he was able to show, despite this long run to get to this match, he was absolutely sensational in the fifth set. He was at 18. He left Paris at 19 with another Roland Garros title. Yet no other player in the open era has completed the Australian Open Roland Garros double twice. But Djokovic, after this, has done it. Also winning the year's first two majors in 2016. 
And these results had us thinking today, okay, he can come back from down two sets. He did it against Lorenzo Musetti in the fourth round. He did it in the final against Stefano Tsitsipas. That third set against Rafa Nadal, in my opinion, the greatest set of tennis, Lindsay, we've ever seen. Yeah, it was such a brutal set. Nadal with set points. It was Novak who was able to get through that match in four. And Steve, just a remarkable comeback in the final. Two sets to love down against someone who was playing so well in Tsitsipas. Well, a reminder, in 2016, Djokovic lost in the third round at Wimbledon. That's when he had also won the first two majors of the year. This year, he kept those Grand Slam hopes alive, Paul, but once again had to come from behind to take out Matteo Berrettini. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about the power of Berrettini. Would it be enough? And they thought potentially it would be enough to struggle, make Djokovic struggle because he wouldn't be able to defend as well. But Djokovic... So comfortable in the big moments, so comfortable on the center court at Wimbledon. He was too consistent, found the backhand wing of Berrettini, came forward when he needed to. And it has said all, he played some really good tennis to, to solidify a two-set-to-one lead. And look at him here. I mean, this guy covers so much court. He is Gumby out there. It's just incredible. Even on the grass courts where it's so difficult to maintain your balance, he finds ways to come up with shots that are not in the book. And there he is, number 20. Six Wimbledon title. And then, of course, like you mentioned, Paul, ties Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal atop the all-time list for the very first time. The fourth man in the open era to capture three straight Wimbledon titles. And the only set he lost was the first set of the tournament against Jack Draper until the final against Berrettini. Yeah, played better and better. Remember, Shapovalov had him in some trouble, even though it was 6-5-5. It was five and five. Shapovalov had plenty of chances, but Novak really did such a great job through the middle rounds of that tournament and got into the finals very fresh, was able to take care of Berrettini. And that's when all the Golden Slam talk started. The Golden Slams talk started. He would not win the Olympic title in Tokyo, taken out by Sasha Zverev. But that brought us to New York. First man since Rod Laver in 1969 to take the first three majors of the year. Got to 27 wins. One away. Three sets away, Paul. Could not do it against Medvedev. Uh, Lindsay and I were talking about this. How much of this is mental fatigue? How much is physical fatigue? I don't know. It's tough to even imagine the duress that Novak Djokovic put on himself for the last couple of months trying to chase this dream. But there was a lot of fatigue out there. And when you look at what happened here, he, we saw it the whole tournament, right? We saw him lose first sets. We saw him lose the second set in the first round against Rune. He was kind of on edge, and I think most of that was just due to the, the mental fatigue. I think it's really impossible for us to even imagine what he was feeling and what he was thinking going into this tournament. I give him a ton of credit. I think he played great. I think he played – look, he was this close to getting back on serve in the third set. I mean, he was very close to getting back on serve. We heard the crowd start to go crazy. I think John was putting down his uh, deuce drinks, and he was even going the crazy there. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was very close. It got exciting anyway, but I just think a lot of it really was the fatigue, Lindsay. I think so much of it was the emotional stuff. Yeah, and also, I mean, talk about his semifinal as well. I mean, that was a very brutal match against Verov, both physically and emotionally. Much tougher than Medvedev's road to the final. We had placed Barrett and then Zverev, he was a little bit worn out already. You never want to go into a Grand Slam final 
with your tank not as full as possible. And, and on the flip side, Medvedev had lost one set. Won the mm. tournament and only lost one set. So he was a lot fresher for this final. Trivia question. Who did he lose that one set I to? Know, you I know. You know it. I know it. Dandy Vandy. <laughs> Van de Zenschult. That'll go down in the trivia books. Say that five times fast. John, at the end of this match, when the crowd was roaring for Novak Djokovic, he put his hand to his heart. And then we saw him break down in tears. What went through your mind when you saw Djokovic in tears before going out for the final time? I think this was just such an offloading. I mean, you can just imagine the emotions. I thought Djokovic did such a nice job of confronting them, but he was under this immense weight. You've got this stadium full of people. He had history on the line and, and failed to deliver. I think he really appreciated the affection. It was an intense match. And I, I just think it was just sort of this, this sense of relief. And uh, I think there, there will be a fair amount of a Monday morning quarterback. Should he have played the Olympics? What if he had made faster work of some of his opponents in this tournament? But he wins that fifth set in the semifinals. He says, I'm going to play this match like it's the last match of my career. And I thought that was such a statement about, A, where he was physically, about how he had sized up this opportunity. And I think he really appreciated the, the affection of the crowd. And I think, you know, uh, the flip side is that the crowd, I think, has a really new appreciation. This was, it was the 16th U.S. Open, and I think the crowd has a relationship with here now that was nothing like before the tournament started. That, that, that's a great point. I, I think the fans now love Novak Djokovic. He said, they touched my soul. As we continue here on TC Live at the U.S. Open, much more on this men's final as Daniil Medvedev ends the Grand Slam dreams and starts some of his own. Welcome back. This was 52 years ago. The West Side Tennis Club, Forest Hills, New York. They played the U.S. Open on grass. That man on the far side is Rod Laver. Defeats Tony Roach, 7-9, 6-1, 6-2, 6-2. And completes the Grand Slam, the only man in the open era to win the Grand Slam. John Wertheim, that leads us to your stat of the day. We all know that Roberta Vinci thwarted history here six years ago, beating Serena Williams. Who were the other men that stuck a, a crowbar in the in the wheels of history? Uh, here are some names for you. Uh, Fred Perry beating Jack Crawford. Ken Rosewall beating Luke Hogue. And today, Medvedev beating Djokovic. I'm not sure the other two men were, you know, serving 131 to the body and uh, covering the court quite like Medvedev. I also would surmise that uh, the other two individuals going for the Grand Slam played with less exposure, pressure, and uh, anxiety than Djokovic had to. Um, interesting inter-era comparisons. But uh, again, I'm really struck by all the attention put on a Grand Slam that even in 1988, Steffi Graf didn't have to confront. Yeah, she won the Golden Slam. By the way, later on TC Live, we're going to show you a couple of Golden Slam champions that happened this year at the U.S. Open. We saw a teenager win on the women's side yesterday, Emma Raducanu. Could two more teens win the women's doubles title? That's Coco Goff and Katie McNally taking on Sam Stoser and Zheng Shuai. And it was Jung and Stoser who were able to get the break in the first set. These two got a lot of momentum after winning the tournament in Cincinnati. But, of course, Goff and McNally come back in the second set, have so much energy. These two, they work together so well as a team. And they were doing their best out there. Look at the athleticism from Goff. Doing everything she can to get her team up a break in the second set. 
and then it was Coco able to serve out the second set, and the Americans are pumped. We're going three sets, but the experience of Stoser and Jung really showed in the third set when it got close. Sam Stoser won here 16 years ago in the doubles back in 2005. She's talked about retiring. She wanted this victory so badly and able to get another Grand Slam title. 37 years of age. Her eighth major title overall. This is 10 years ago that she won the singles title. Her only major singles title at the U.S. Open. So Stozer and Zhang get it done. By the way, Coco Goff said after this match that Sam Stozer was her first ever professional tennis player autograph. How about that? The Tennis Channel premiere of the men's final with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone follows TC Live. Don't go anywhere. Back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, Novak Djokovic comes up just three sets away from completing the Grand Slam. He summed up what happened today after the match as we go inside the press room. Everything was 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 coming together for me here and, and, and kind of accumulating all the emotions that I've been through and unfortunately um, I didn't make it in the final step but when you draw a line you know you have to be very satisfied with <laughs> with the year you know three three wins three slams and, and a final and um, for the last couple of years I've been very transparent and vocal about my goals you know to, to play my best tennis and slams and I'm managing to do that, so of course uh, I was short today for another slam title, but I have to be proud with everything um, that my team and I have achieved. I mean, you can understand why Djokovic absolutely crestfallen at the precipice of history, but this man should be celebrated for what he was able to accomplish this year, winning the first three majors of the season, now 20 overall tied with Federer and Nadal. However, Djokovic was not the only one going for a grand slam. In fact, we had two players that completed golden slams today, including Didi DeGroote in women's wheelchair singles, Lindsay. Well, we knew when this day started, we had a couple of different opportunities for history, and it was Didi DeGroote who played so well. There's only four days from the end of the Paralympics to the start of the U.S. Open wheelchair event, and what an amazing job she did all year long. Congratulations, Didi. 24-year-old Dutch woman gets it done, wins all four majors and Olympic gold. Wow, a golden slam. Congratulations to Didi DeGroote. And Paul, she wasn't the only one. How about Dylan Alcott also completing a golden slam today? Amazing, huh? The only man in any of the categories, in the male categories, to ever do this. And Dylan Alcott has been tremendous for so many years. Got through the pressure, felt comfortable got that gold medal, came here, played some really good tennis. And Huska, do we have, I don't know what you're We got it, we got the video. Got, okay, we're gonna see how <laughs> Aussies celebrate. Okay, this is, this is a proper celebration that goes all Aussie. It gives a new definition to the golden slam. Guys, <laughs> roll it guys. There it guys, is. Guys, there ah. we go. There's gold, ah. a little cold golden beer. Come and on. a little chug oh. contest in the trophy, <laughs> and then you wear it as a cap. That's true Aussie style. You gotta love Amazing. it. You gotta love what he's done. That was awesome. John, what was it like inside Arthur Ashe when they were seeing this on the big screen? Yeah, I was gonna say it was right before the match, the men's finals, with a nice bit of uh, nice bit of levity. I think he needs a 
be him. Don't, don't you get a bib if you win the uh, in the Golden Slam? Um, it was a great moment. They showed it on the screen. Everyone cheering. I, I also think on, on a more serious point, the fact that players, and I include Djokovic, were able to do this in this year of COVID with all of the protocol and the restrictions and the travel and the sort of one day it's one thing and the other day the other. I think that adds an element to this. Those are two tremendous accomplishments we saw today. And I think the fact that it was in 2021 only adds to that. Didi DeGroote, Dylan Alcott, legends, two Golden Slam winners. And as you mentioned, Lindsay, just four days between the gold medal, Paralympics, and the start of the U.S. Open. I don't think that is the first or will be the last beer no. that Dylan Alcott will be chugging today. Yes. I love it. The best chapeau in the biz. I love it. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money with Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Incredible! That's just big hitting there. Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. Mark that down for best of the best. Hits the spot beautifully. What a shot. He's high-fiving the fans. He literally hit that from outside the doubles alley. He's... That is obscene. It, he, he was practically unseen. Yeah, he was basically on runway two left at Kennedy Airport when he hit that. Was ridiculous. <laughs> the crowd on their feet. No. New balls, please. He sort of walked away and then came back to the play, found it on his racket. And even Kepra had to smile about that. It tends to walk away, then comes back and hits the backhand volley from the forehand side of his body. <laughs> no! Tell me he did not just do that. Do I see a Sports Center top 10 coming tonight? Should be around the net post. Pretty good two weeks, huh? Pretty good two weeks. <laughs> the best of the best. Uh, Daniil Medvedev called Novak Djokovic after the match the best of the best, the greatest of all time. What are we going to see from Novak Djokovic in 2022 after winning three majors this year and getting to 20 overall, Paul? I think Novak's going to sit back and decompress, as he should. I mean, it's been an amazing year, and he talked about it in his press conference. He's got to take pride in what he's done this year, even though it's uh, a little bit of a, a letdown, to say the least, to get this close. But for next year, I think Mr. Djokovic is going to win two majors next oh, year. Two majors, Gosh. okay. Well, I don't want to now go against Paul, since Paul's well, correct, you know. right? We're never <laughs> going to hear the end of it. You do it at your own peril, LD. <laughs> if, you, if you decide to go against I already against told me... you he was going to win two next year. No, okay. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, 
This is going to go down, I believe, as his best year ever in majors. I mean, how do you ever win 27 out of 28 mm. matches again, three out of five sets, uh, especially with that next generation, that next group getting better and better. Um, but he's going to have his success in the majors next year. I predict an Aussie and Wimbledon title. Aussie, that would be number 10. In Melbourne. Get him to double digits. Incredible stuff. Uh, It's been an incredible fortnight at the U.S. Open. Thanks so much for joining us throughout these two weeks. As we leave you with these images, Novak Djokovic, Daniil Medvedev. The Tennis Channel premiere is coming up next. Paul is on the call with Brett Haber. Djokovic dreams slammed on the sport's grandest stage. Daniil Medvedev makes his own history. Winning his first major title, the ninth different U.S. Open men's champion in the last 14 years. Now it is on to Australia. For Lindsay Davenport, Paul Anacone, John Wertheim, our producer Mark Huska, our director Chris Castro, and our entire amazing Tennis Channel team, I'm Steve Weissman. The men's final is next. Thanks so much for watching TC Live at the U.S. Open.